Go get a cup of coffee in here, please. Damn good coffee and hot. Good damn 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 damn. Rain man, coffee, coffee hot, coffee. Good morning. It's kind of dark in here, but I'm I'm digging the darkness. I'm loving my dark. Like my coffee, dark. I could make it lighter. Should I make it lighter? Perhaps. Perhaps not. Good morning, folks. I'm in a good mood today, as you probably can already tell. Oh, that's as light as I'm going to get it. I could up the webcam exposure, but fuck it. I'm not going to do that. 24 hours to go till the big show starts, and I'm I'm excited about it, and things are looking up. And welcome. Today is, uh, what the hell is today? It's Friday, Wednesday. Not Friday, dude. It's not the weekend coming up. It's the big show coming up. It's today is Thursday and Wednesday. <laughs> Someday it's Wednesday, January nineteenth. The dog is lost in the days. Um, in the days, what days are the days? Yes, I'm in a silly mood. Uh, things are looking up on the Podathon. Very excited about uh, the possibility of actually raising quite a few bucks to, for Andy and, and being happy about doing something positive in the world. We have some prima donnas, and it's not among the celebrities or any of the guests that are booked currently. It's about people from people who want to be booked all of a sudden to people who expect it to be booked to some people from our little community who think um, I should be uh, paying more attention to them. They need their ego soothed. And uh, pretty pathetic. This is about Andy, man. It's about, uh, it's supposed to be about helping a guy out who has added value to our lives and to most people who are on board with this thing are on board because they love Andy. There are a few people who are just helping out because they wanted to help me out and because a publicist said, my friend Matt needs somebody, some help. Or because some other comedian said Matt needs some help uh, raising money for a friend of his, whatever it is. But it seems a few phony people who we know from Twitter only care about themselves. I'm not going to let that bother me, but I think it's petty and people. If if, if you recognize that within yourself, and you're just like uh, butt hurt because I didn't uh, respond immediately to something, some comment you said in the chat room one day, get over it and man up a little bit. That's all I'm going to say about that. Um, but I am, I'm getting very excited about what's going on. Uh, Christine Levine has picked not just uh, one day uh, time and date, picked two and maybe several. I uh, spoke to her last night and... Uh, might be helping us get a few more people on board today. Uh, she's excited about it, and we're excited about having her. She's uh, going to make the show 
as I say. The only one who hasn't taken uh, time yet is Paul Provenza, and Paul's got a tricky situation with his technical situation, so I'm not sure when he's going to get in, but he is going to get in. I think he's important to tell people about Andy's bigger picture history and um, the dark tragedy <laughs> comedy, the dark tragic comedy that has been uh, Andy's uh, situation in life uh, up until now to help sell it and help people uh, get on board and, and raise a couple of bucks for, for our friend and, and see if we can't um, push the total up, as it were. Um, uh, Christine, actually, uh, late last night, uh, yeah, she does have a, a strong morning game, but I was talking to her almost, so I'd say it had to be 2 o'clock in the morning my time. So what is that? It's like 11 o'clock her time or something. And she probably up to midnight her time, probably up to 3 o'clock my time. Uh, we were going back and forth in, in direct messages. And I know she has to be up for the radio in the morning. <laughs> but she's going to be taking two slots on Thursday and maybe a few, maybe even more on Friday uh, and basically keeping it open for that. So uh, God bless Christine Levine. Great woman. Best best woman in comedy, best woman on the internet, best woman in the world. <laughs> uh, oh yeah. Speaking of time differences, Dennis spoke of world records. Either keeps very late hours or very early hours. They contacted me at 11 p.m. my time last night. Actually, 10.57, three minutes to 11, which uh, is, I'm calculating there in England and Wales, two offices, in, one in England, one in Wales. And so that's either that's 4 a.m. their time, right? So they're either up, or three minutes to 4 a.m. their time. They're either um, up very early or up very late, <laughs> 4 a.m., to contact me now, get this. The price has changed, folks. It's not $5,000 anymore. It's $20,000. <laughs> I shit you not. Uh, uh, good morning, uh, Kelly. How are you? Good to see you back with the, with what's this in the chat room. Um, yeah, $20,000, uh, is what, um, What's her name? Michelle Sandoval from Guinness Book of World Records wrote to me at 10.57 p.m. last night, my time. Uh, I will kind of read what she says here. Uh, where are you, Michelle? Uh, ba -ba 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 where are you? You ran away, didn't you, you Guinness Book of World Cowards? Uh, Michelle, Michelle Tan Santucci. I said Sandoval? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Santucci, nice Italian name. There you go. <laughs> uh, your dedicated account management and record constituency to facilitate. Uh, uh, oh, we will be we will be contacted by our dedicated account management and record con, uh, constituency to facilitate and expedite uh, your record record application and guide you through the entire bracket record-breaking process. Man, the lips are a little sticking together here today. Um, these services can be customized for your purposes, and fees uh, at this time typically will start start around $20,000. Best. Michelle Santucci, Senior Account Manager, Guinness World Records. 
North America. Oh, so North America. So that's, she's in the North America. I guess they have an office here because it says at the bottom they have two offices, one in England and one in Wales. I guess she's here. So that 11 p.m. So she's working late. Well, working late. Uh, trying to sell me uh, 20, 20 grand to list this thing. Uh, I need to get an audio sample of Jamie and his Italian, a New York Italian slice alone type voice. Uh, how about you suck my dick? Uh, because 20 grand, man. Are you out of your fucking mind to get listed in your dumb little book? Listen, uh, it's important for me to feel like uh, we can validate our world record, but not $20,000 worth of important. <laughs> We're not even going to be raising $20,000. And they're under the impression that I'm going to be used to, using this to promote my business somehow. You're out of your fucking mind. Like, oh, I'm going to listen to uh, all of a sudden everybody's going to gravitate towards the Mind Dog TV podcast because I put a Guinness Book of World Records logo on it. No, it's not worth that much. Good morning, TJ. Uh, good to see you here. So we are feeling pretty excited about it, though, and the lineup is, is uh, solidifying. Now, I'm getting some very strange demands uh, <laughs> and very strange request demands slash demands. Uh, people uh, on um, Twitter and Facebook uh, writing to me saying they, they'll like, um, and people with like absolutely no standing in the entertainment business, just delusional about their influence, their power and their, the world's interest in them. That's uh, all I can say. <laughs> I mean, people who aren't even at the open mic level in stand-up comedy uh, wanting to demand uh, time slots and push people. I'm not going to mention names, but some of the want to push some of the stars of the show out of their time slots so they could. Uh, these are people not even open on the open mic level. They haven't done any stand-up that I can see. They wrote a few jokes on social media that were not exactly all that funny that's the extent of their show business experience and they want to push people who've got some big name people you would recognize you know you know who's on the show want to push them out of their time slot so i can do 30 maybe maybe i'll do an hour are you fucking delusional people i mean i i appreciate all the offers for help but when you start making demands and expecting uh, I would be, if that were me, I would be humble. I could take, I, mean, I could maybe do a 15-minute slot in the overnight when nobody else is available, you know, if you will have me. Thank you, sir. That's the way to approach this if if you are on that level. Uh, <laughs> I don't know, TJ. Are you in the entertainment business? You haven't uh, put in a request to be on the show or help out, but good morning, and I appreciate uh, even... Hey, Chad, good morning. Uh, things going on in the chat room. Now, I want to say this because I said it earlier, but I'm going to, it's worth repeating. I don't respond to every single comment that goes on in the chat room over there. It would be impossible. 
because I'm getting bots that you probably don't even see the bots. If you're only on YouTube, you're not seeing all the bot traffic and all the friggin' stupid comments that come in from different services that just water down the chat room and make it hard to even keep an eye on the thread. Somebody, I'm not going to name who, somebody who is uh, now all of a sudden angry that they're not the star of this thing. And I'm talking about somebody who appears in this chat room or used to anyway, regularly. I don't think we'll be seeing him or her again uh, for a while because they got their butt hurt. Apparently, wanted to be on the show, said something that I didn't respond to in the chat room, got their butt hurt, and now is uh, just kind of slashing the whole thing and and saying negative stuff on both uh, Twitter and Facebook. And tail between the legs, nobody nobody cares about me. Woe is me. I got my ego hurt. No, no place for that. Again, this is about fucking Andy Andrus, man. And if, if you're not on board uh, with that much, please, uh, you can be m- mad at me all the time. Just fucking block me. Don't let me see your fucking comments, uh, negative comments, because we are feeling good about doing something good for the world, doing something good for everybody. And I, I'm, I mean that very seriously. I mean, I think by helping Andy out, we're doing something good for everybody. There are, listen, now changing the world, but there are 450 people who live and breathe for issues with Andy every single week. And there are more now that it's back on YouTube, a couple of thousand more in the same situation. So that's that. Um, not not going to be listed in the Guinness Book of World Records, not at $20,000. And that's the way it's going to be. But I will still, now that we discovered yesterday, there is yet another live streaming uh, Kevin wants to take over Colin and Jamie's show. Well, that's a lot of hours, and uh, careful what you wish for, Kev. <laughs> because their hours are very late at night, and uh, you know, they have at daytime hours, of course, but I wouldn't want those hours <laughs> the hours they're slotted for. Um, anyway, where was I? What was I talking about? See, I got distracted from the chat room. This is why I don't don't respond to every chat. Oh, oh, yeah. Well, you're not again. You find yourself alone in their chats. This is the deal. Um, you're on YouTube. There are people on Facebook chatting you don't see. There are people on. I don't know if Carl's uh, little thing is connecting to Twitter better, but nobody sees the the comments on Twitter um, and other services like. This thing is going to, uh, right now, five Facebook uh, pages, LinkedIn, YouTube, Twitch, and, and calls also on Twitch. Uh, well, I could say this, TJ. TJ says, I wish I had more time to tune into the Marathon Kittens and working, keeping me busy. Yeah, I have kittens up uh, a handful, two of them at one time. I know how we took into it one time, and a brother and sister. No, two sisters, I'm sorry. <laughs> Um, but here's the thing, it will be, uh, available immediately after it's over and and on demand. So you're not going to miss it, uh, miss it. If you can't make it live, we, we welcome everybody and hope everybody gets on live. And the real goal here is to try to, um, 
try to get more donations. Try to get Andy's GoFundMe up to thirty grand because I am convinced that the, you know, this all started. Well, really, it didn't all start, but it it be, came to fruition because of the idea that um, the original GoFundMe goal was ten thousand dollars. And if you've ever had a check for ten thousand dollars, and I'm sure most of you have, at one point in your life, seen a sizable check, whether it's ten thousand dollars or not. You know how quickly you can piss through that. <laughs> uh, think about your stimulus check. And now I know your stimulus check probably was $1,400 like everybody else or whatever it was. How quickly did that go? Uh, um, so $10,000 will be gone in probably the first week. So I've been adamant from right from the start. He's going to need more than that. And we all know, you know, and it's a guy who who fills up his tank like halfway and run, <laughs> runs out of gas <laughs> a lot. Um, so that $10,000 was uh, a metaphor or a, a simile or one of those things for his gas tank. Uh, not not planning on filling it all the way up as needed. <laughs> so $30,000. Uh, insulin, my stimulus check. Oh, I spent my stimulus check in Jamaica. Um, a lot of people on Long Island spent it in Jamaica too. Jamaica Queens, <laughs> fourteen hundred dollars. It does. Will, will that get you to Jamaica? I don't think so. Uh, <laughs> man, money. <laughs> the point is simply that uh, ten grand was not going to be enough for Andy, and so it's up to twenty-two thousand three hundred sixty-seven as of this morning. Goal is thirty grand. I'm assuming that the best part of uh, fundraising part of, of the show will be Brett Brock, Brett Brock uh, doing probably a scanty, scantily clad lady again. Uh, half tanks are about living in hope. Well, uh, we, we need more hope than ever now. And we certainly will be, uh, our thoughts will be with Andy tomorrow. And, and definitely lots of hope there. Um, so that's that. that. And so we're looking forward to it. And I have, I'm working on the intro today. I canceled all of my uh, my two interview shows today. I didn't cancel them, postponed them until, and we'll reschedule, have rescheduled them for after this uh, um, monumental task in front of it in front of me <laughs> is done and in the books and it's going to be daunting uh, no no doubt about it i mean i'm thinking about uh my voice giving away probably five or six hours into the thing i mean you see how it is in the morning here how my voice changes from from the morning show uh, by the time it's done in two hours to take a, a break to do an interview and all that stuff. So the sleep, the t constant talking, uh, going back and forth, uh, and keeping keeping ducks in a row, lots of new technical stuff to keep stuff arranged. It's going to be a clusterfuck of, of sorts, but a fun one. Uh, half tanks would be much cheaper on whoop, the Whipple procedure for podcasting. See, nobody can see Andy's uh, comments because you're all on YouTube and he's on Facebook. Uh, the Whipple procedure for podcasting. Good morning, Andy. Uh, things are looking up, and, and 
and we're, we're very positive about what's going on here today and uh, very positive thoughts for you for tomorrow and looking forward to Friday morning uh, and you waking up still kind of or very buzzed from the anesthetics and just enjoying starting to feel better as quickly as possible. That's what we're, we're looking for for you. And I hope everything went well yesterday. I'm talking to Andy directly right now. Hopefully you can hear me and, and feel the love everybody has for you. And, and I'm really uh, kind of stunned by some of the people who've reached out to me on the program uh, and don't know exactly how they heard about it. Um, but I'm happy about it. Again, you know, um, what is, what is Craig saying here? Pulling a, choo- yeah, it's really pulling a giant choo choo. What? Oh, half? Am I missing something here? Half tanks would be much cheaper on my on my beast. Hello, average ten miles a gallon over the first eleven thousand miles. Um, it's, I think ten ten miles an hour uh, miles per gallon is pretty good on a um a ro- Oh, you got one of those? Wait a minute. I I thought I asked you about this whether it was a motorhome or a trailer. I thought the answer was you were pulling a trailer. I, do I have that wrong, Kevin? I don't know about that. I'm confused. I'm an easily confused old man. Um, what's in the news today? On a normal day, I would be all over all, all the fucking news. Uh, Trump people getting indicted or not indicted, but about to get indicted in New York. Uh, three-quarter of a ton truck with a, a 30-foot trail. So 10 miles a, ga- uh, a gallon is not good for a uh, a three-quarter ton truck, right? I think the average for a brand-new one, probably about 18 to 20, no? Am I wrong about that? I guess the trailer, obviously, is going to suck up some of that. But anyway, and the price of gas in Oklahoma is, I can tell you the price of ga- uh, gas you know what? Here on Long Island, it's really weird. Regular gas where I am, Shoreham, New York, and Rocky Point, it's about three thirty a gallon. Twenty miles east of here in the Hamptons, it's five thirty a gallon or five twenty a gallon. Seriously, uh, ridiculous. Now the average on Long Island is probably closer to that. 3.30 around, but out in the Hamptons, they gouge. They gouge. If you haven't, uh, if you're just joining us, uh, Guinness Book of World Records is now asking for $20,000 for me to list the fucking thing uh, as in, in their book. Oh, uh, that's what I was talking about before. We found that there's another, yet another record for the longest video stream, but it's not a podcast. It was just, I'm assuming, because it came out of China, uh, um, it was just a feed from a camera, like a security camera, a webcam that they put up and continuous uh, live stream was 200 and what was it? 279, 249 straight hours. We won't be breaking that record. <laughs> we, won't even, we won't be touching that record. Um, but that wasn't a podcast. That wasn't entertainment. There wasn't guests and all that stuff. Let me see uh, what what the um, total is looking. I think we got like sixty guests uh, lined up, but only 
they haven't all been booked yet uh picked a slot yet but it, i'm thinking it's looking like 60 with all the overnight stuff <laughs> fucking crazy number like that let me look uh nope by the way the schedule as of uh last night at midnight was posted but it already changed but i think it as we change it in the back end it automatically changes on the yeah it does so um made some switches around um and still waiting on a, a bunch of people uh to take time slots they haven't picked time slots but not none of the stars that originally were everybody who i was counting on to do it yesterday or the day before has taken a slot except for picking a time slot except for paul provenza uh, again, Paul is a pivotal player in all this, though. I, he has, he has the, uh, one of the most compelling stories to tell as to why uh, why people should give. Why should, people should get into and because uh, he's got a huge heart for Andy. Now, Jamie Dykes put in an 87. <laughs> I don't know what that means. At 2.30 p.m. on Friday. Just says 87 on there. I have no idea what the hell that's supposed to mean. Jamie, if you're out there and want to clue me in on what's 87. I know Maxwell Smart was agent 86, right? <laughs> it's him plus one. <laughs> you probably don't even know who that is, do you? Uh, Stuart Pankin from Not Necessarily the News will be part of the program. Remember, uh, some people, I don't know if everybody remembers, not necessarily a news, pretty big show. He's also been in quite a few movies. Uh, he'll be part of the show, too. He's one of the people who reached out for me, who I had no idea how he even found out we were doing this. But look forward to that, sure. Uh, so that's where we're at. So, again, now, if this were a normal news day, I'd be all over stuff like uh, uh, Mel, Gis- Mel Gibson's in the news, people freaking out about him. now. I personally would not, even if, you know, I'm a nobody, I understand that. But if I were offered a chance to do a movie with Mel Gibson right now, I would turn it down. Uh, people are freaking out about about him being allowed to do movies. I think he should be allowed to do movies. It's just I think the people who, anybody who had any decency wouldn't work with the guy, knowing who he is. So it's one thing to call for censorship. But another thing, a whole other thing to say, morally for me, I'm not going to work on, I'm not going to work with that person. I'm not going to associate with that person. That's fine. You say that. But to say, well, he shouldn't be allowed to work. He shouldn't be allowed to be booked in, uh, uh, into a movie or cast in a movie role. That's just wrong. Um, he should be allowed to. It's just, I wouldn't, I probably wouldn't see it. Although I, to be honest with you, maybe hypocritical of me. I wouldn't turn off one of his old movies uh, if it were if somebody were watching it or if, I don't have television, but if somebody if I was in a room where somebody had it and was watching it on television, I wouldn't say get that off. I can't watch Mel Gibson. I enjoyed his movies up until the time I found out what a creep he was. <laughs> um, Tom Kanapka is also going under the knife tomorrow. I want to uh, shout out to uh, Tom. He's going to have his other eye done. Um, we appreciate it, all of the support Tom has given us, uh, and me and everybody. He's he's like one of the most positive people 
in the world out there and supports a lot of uh, uh, creative efforts of so many people in in proper spirit. Unlike that guy who pissed me off yesterday, <laughs> who wants to make it about him and his his wounded ego. Uh, Tom Tom's heart and, and and mind is really right in the right place about this stuff, and so we're wishing Tom well tomorrow as well and we'll be keeping him in our thoughts i did create a uh page on minddogtv.com minddogtv.com slash potathon which has the twitch feed embedded in it so twitch will be non-stop consecutive uh for the whole 46 hours that we will be on the air um straight through and no no interruption there. YouTube might have an interruption at 12-hour increments every time we reach 12 hours. We might. I tested it out last night. We, it doesn't seem like we have to do that. But if we don't do that on YouTube, they won't archive any of it. How important is that to be archived there? I'm not so sure about that, too. I'm kind of up in the air about that. Because I can download it or or take the recording from StreamYard, cut it up into pieces, and re-upload it to YouTube later if I have to. So it might not be interrupted there, but I guarantee you it will be interrupted on any place on Facebook where people are watching five different pages while we're on, on Facebook. Uh, it will be interrupted every four to six hours there. So the place that you can guarantee to watch it continuously, and I, nobody's going to be sticking with it for 46 hours. I, I obviously know that. But if you don't want to be uh, interrupted at any point, Best place to ensure that is on minddogtv.com slash potathon. Uh, and the link will be in all of our, my social media tomorrow morning when we start. And hopefully people will pass that around and all that stuff. Working on the intro last night as, uh, you know, going back and forth with Christine Levine until, uh, I think, 3 a.m. my time. Working on this uh, intro, still not done. Got to finish up that edit today. Uh, and a bunch of other things. We're going to have a, a you know, couple of film clips and things to include in this thing in case we need like bathroom breaks all of a sudden or food breaks or whatever we need to take breaks for to be able to kind of play some content, quick, sh- short holdover pieces while we make adjustments on our end. Anyway, so it's looking good. We're kind of excited about uh, making a difference. Maybe... Uh, I don't know. Maybe I'm being way too optimistic, but I'm hoping we can drive that number even higher than I'm. I want to. I got dreams about it going big, and so <laughs> because again, I think um, last thing anybody needs when they're dealing with this stuff is stress about finances. So the more comfortable we can make our boy, uh, the better off he'll be, and the better easier his recovery will be. Look forward to seeing uh, big things for uh, Andy in the future. That's all I can say. We're, I'm feeling really positive about that, and I'm really feeling really positive about all the love. I mean, tremendous people who were contacting me. Uh, um, who, who just expressing, you know, how much like they'll do anything for Andy, and it, it's just really heartwarming to see how how much people love him. And uh, it, it's really, um, for me, because I'm not used to seeing that kind of love in the world <laughs> for anybody. <laughs> it's a really cool thing. And especially comedians, because I know, you know, comedy cares. And what what was the stuff that Robin Williams and um, 
uh, Whoopi and, and what's his face did back in the day, uh, like you know, save the world, save the hunger, hunger comedy thons uh, on HBO for a couple of years running. Um, I know comedians care and do things for people, but for one person, that kind of outpouring, usually it's it's all big humanitarian causes for the entire world. This is for one guy. Impressive. Makes me feel good about humanity. Cocaine. They did a lot of cocaine. Yes, they did a lot of cocaine. And Robin Williams, especially. I don't know about um, Billy Crystal or, or Whoopi. I don't know if they were big cocaine, but I know Robin Williams was. I think Robin Williams was with Belushi the night he died. Uh, right before, or be, yeah, obviously not after. Well, I'm not, I shouldn't say not after, obviously. Could have been there. <laughs> There, there are still questions about who was uh, with him right at the time of death, but we are uh, pretty well documented that he was in the bungalow that night. Uh, sure, Ro- Robin Williams, uh, just from his demeanor, did not seem to be any stranger to the old coca leaf. Um, so, anyway. What else are we talking about here today? Uh I could be talking. Oh, I'm getting uh, direct messages now. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, Hope Hicks is in in the <laughs> trending today. You know what Hicks is? Uh, I think. I honestly think her official job. Was sucking off Trump. <laughs> I do think that um, she has testified before Congress about the uh, Russia involvement stuff, um, and really incriminating uh, stuff that nobody has ever, nobody but me, has kind of highlighted. Uh, and that's not why she's trending today, but she's refusing to uh, talk to the January sixth committee. Uh, about Trump. Now, if you remember Susan McDougal, you probably don't, but Susan McDougal uh, was refused to testify against Bill Clinton back in the Whitewater uh, stuff, and she went to prison for that. She was in prison for a couple of years because she was refusing to testify against Clinton. Now, she's probably afraid of it for her life. <laughs> Even then, I mean, Vince Foster, Vince Foster had... Uh, um, just been found suicided, <laughs> Epstein style, in the park, uh, and she may have been actually afraid that either the Clintons or her husband Jim McDougal would have taken her out. But she went to prison for that. Now Hope Hicks is refused for the very same crime. Hope, Hope Hicks is getting some kind of reality show. Uh, so. Uh, it's just an interesting way of, of seeing how um, there are two different sets of rules for, for how people are treated with them. Now, I'm not an apologist for the Clintons in any way. Again, I think she might have been fearing for her life. But Susan McDougal, same circumstance, went to jail for a couple of years. Hope Hicks, she gets a reality TV show. Pretty weird. But as I mentioned, if, for people who don't know, Hope Hicks <laughs> put the P on, on Donnie. She put the P on, on Trump. And what do I mean by that? 
um, she testified before Congress. Now, this was the day she was talking, testifying about the day after the uh, Hollywood Access tape broke. Remember the Hollywood Access tape by Grandmother Pussy? That was in the heat of a campaign of the campaign as the campaign was heating up in 2016, and it was three nights before the debate with Hillary Clinton. And so when the tape came out, a lot of people assumed that had sunk Trump for good. Obviously, it didn't. And they were they were formulating a plan on how to deal with that PR wise. But at the same, she testified that at the at that same time that they were dealing with the Hollywood Access tape, and this is months before anybody ever ever heard of the Steele dossier. This is Hope Hope Hicks, Trump's most loyal confidant at that time, his dick sucker, testifying before Congress that well we were scrambling to figure out how to deal with the Access Hollywood scandal. When news broke about this other tape that Vladimir Putin was supposedly holding that showed Trump paying prostitutes to pee on a, a mattress uh, that Obama had slept on in a hotel in Moscow. Now, uh, she said that she went to Trump and, and said, and this is Hope, again, his most loyal confidant, going to him and saying, um, in the middle of DEFCON 5 about the Hollywood access tape, she says to him, there's another tape, and it, the tape reportedly shows you with prostitutes peeing, that you've paid to pee on a mattress, on Obama's mattress. And his reaction in that moment was, get Michael Cohen to get that tape and have it destroyed. Think about that for a second. Now, if you weren't there and never had prostitutes peeing on a mattress, your reaction would not be get Michael Cohen to get that tape and have it destroyed, especially in the heat of a scandal that could be sinking your career. He said, you concentrate on that. Make sure you get that tape. I'll take care of this. In, order, in other words, the most important thing at that time, his most important person was not on the Access Hollywood tape or how, how to deal with that at the moment. Or the most important people, Hope Hicks and Michael Cohen, were to deal with getting the P-tape. To me, that's absolute proof beyond a reasonable doubt if, if you were on a jury. The P-tape existed. Anybody, again, you, not necessarily the tape existed, but the idea, the incident had to have happened because if it never happened, Trump would know there could be no tape to get Michael Cohen to destroy pretty pretty damning stuff and it's in the congressional record so page 160 of hope hicks testimony if you download uh the testimony before the uh congressional committee on the stuff and you can read it for yourself i'm not making any of this stuff up none of the media uh, and no matter how much you bark about it or try to uh send people messages about it, attorneys and people in the case none of them even are paying attention to that. That's an important thing. Why is it important? Because Vladimir Putin obviously had blackmail on over Donald Trump. He still to this day does not know whether that tape truly existed, but he knows he, it happened, the incident happened. He knows Putin knows about it. And you have plenty of instances of seeing him cower 
to Vladimir, Vladimir Putin. Why? Because he has compromise, plain and simple. You cannot have, and this is the same thing. If we're drawing Whitewater uh, comparisons, this is the same thing about the Monica Lewinsky thing. It's not so important that the president cheated on his wife. It's the fact that he left, left himself open for blackmail by an intern who sucked his dick. Trump left himself open for blackmail from an enemy state, the head of an enemy state. It's really important shit. And I know people try to poo-poo it. And it's trivial. Oh, Russia Gates, all nonsense, the steel dossier. Bullshit. Forget about the steel dossier. Hope Hicks, his dick sucker. Put it out there. Swore to it under oath. You don't get any more damning evidence than that, folks. And it's been overlooked by just about everybody in the media. You only heard a mind dog talk about it. <laughs> Is that fucking bizarre? It's true, though. You can read it for yourself. One page, one sixty. It's a, it goes on for about eight pages, eight pages of testimony. But she's talking in depth about how uh, how getting the P tape was the most important thing for Trump in that moment when it, when he saw his presidential campaign going down in flames over a grab him by the pussy. The most important thing was stop the P tape. And nobody, the Steele dossier had, wasn't even on anybody's mind. Nobody had heard of it. It hadn't even been officially compiled yet. Do you care about this stuff? Probably not. Probably just, ah, so what? It's business as usual, you know, one or another. And I get that. Uh let me see. Well, I'm going to get tra uh, caught up in what's happening in the chat room here. Mike Zinn, uh, good to see you. Um, love the, love optimistic Matt. <laughs> I don't want to be over-optimistic, but I do feel like it's, it, first of all, it's exciting. I'm looking at the list, and it's like the, the guest list that I have for 46 hours would make about three months of Mind Dog TV podcast uh, at a level that I, I couldn't keep, I couldn't sustain ever. I mean, some really, some of the best guests I've ever had, uh, all of the best guests I've ever had over years, all compacted into 48 hours, 46 hours. It, it's That's really exciting for me to, to have that many quality people on in that short of time so that's exciting it's exciting that we're we might actually be able to do something positive and, and it's so rare that we get to do that in this world to actually make a difference even if it's a small difference in one person's life and see the results of that hopefully we won't fail that would be really frustrating if we if we don't get to the mark that I, if we don't get to thirty thousand dollars, I'm going to be depressed. I definitely will, uh, or I feel like I, I failed some way. I, I let everybody down, and I, uh, so I'm really hoping on that. But I am optimistic that this is a good thing. It's a good thing for a lot of people. And again, it's all about Andy. It's not. It's not about any one of the people who are contributing or their time or efforts into this thing. It's about all of us coming together to do something good. 
Hooray for us. Uh, Kevin says, thanks for spreading the crimes around your kids, DJT. Now we can lock them up, too. <laughs> he, made, uh, he made his kids responsible for different financial statements in the finan- uh, family company. Um, you don't think he did it without their, not just consent, but will. I mean, the desire. Uh, I... <laughs> They they have the same false ambition that he does. Listen, now, you know the the apple doesn't fall far from the tree. You got a lot of rotten apples in that tree. Start it started with Fred and probably started before Fred. Fred was an evil fucker though. Anyway, uh, enough of the Trump stuff. I just think it's first of all the stuff that Hope Hicks is getting a reality TV show where Susan McDougal went to jail for two years, for over two years for the exact same reason. It's fucking bizarre. That angers me a little bit. And not that I want to see Hope Hicks go to jail. I want to see her testify. I want to see, what is she hiding? And why did Eric uh, take the fifth 500 times in New York State in his deposition? Took the fifth 500 times. Didn't want to incriminate himself. Guilty. The Fifth Amendment is a fucking weird thing. You testify that you don't want to. You don't want to testify. It basically the Fifth Amendment says you can. You can say that I don't want to testify because it would prove how guilty I am, and I don't want to prove how guilty I am, so I'm not going to testify. Which sort of sounds like you're saying you're guilty. <laughs> it's a fucking weird thing, right? <laughs> I don't want to. I don't want to testify because it, testifying would prove that I'm guilty, and I don't want to do that. You just said you're guilty. <laughs> did, did, was something wrong with my ears? Because it sure sounds like you said you were guilty. The New York AG, Letitia James, by the way, Letitia James. Uh, I'm reading Kevin's comment here. Um, says thank you too. Now they got both of them submitting false IRS and banking statements. All for her immunity, and the fifth goes away. Well, I don't think she's going to take the fifth. I think she's just refusing to testify. Uh, been subpoenaed and saying, "No, I'm not doing." It. And all, all these people are just deciding. You know, all of them, all these people who, let's face it. I hated Hillary Clinton and don't ever want to see her back in politics. And I still, you know, just the thought of her is pretty disgusting in my mind. But she did testify when subpoenaed. She didn't go say, "Well, I don't, I don't have, I'm, I'm above that. I'm, I don't have to comply with a subpoena." Well, we see in everybody uh, on the other side of the fence there. Everybody. From Meadows and McCarthy, all of them, Bannon, Roger Stone, Hope Hicks, Eric Trump, all of them. Just, I don't, I'm refusing, man. I'm not doing it. Okay, well, we'll hold you in contempt and we'll have a trial six months down the road, eight months down the road, and we'll start hearing for that. Uh, oh, Craig trying to bring us, uh, get us, get me off the politics and talk about Andy's um, thing. No, chunks will not be au- auctioned off post-op. 
no no parts of uh we will not be auctioning off any uh whipple cancer we will be um probably uh taking a look at what's really going on with a whipple procedure at some point probably just to try to get people to give money to and and drive the fundraising effort up oddly enough I find myself uh, and Craig Craig Mitchell, who's going to be on the program, said, "You're a fucking Jerry Lewis, <laughs> that was on guy," and a lot of similarities there. Uh, first of all, I when I was a child, a small child, and uh, even up into my early teens, I really, really admired Jerry Lewis, not for his silly comedy and not for the telethon Jerry at all. I did like when he co-hosted the Tonight Show. I thought he that was a different, that was an after-hours Jerry Lewis, who was a cooler guy than in the movies. But two movies in particular, and both of them are uh, UFO, alien-based. One of them, or uh, space-based. One of them is called Way, Way Out with uh, Dick Sean. And uh, Jerry Lewis plays an astronaut. Connie Stevens is in that one. And that's a, that was a cool movie in my mind. Uh, and Visit to a Small Planet, where Jerry plays a Martian, a black and white one. White, this is like early 60s, like 1960, 61 or something. Visit to a Small Planet, and Jerry Lewis is a alien. One of two of the best movies. I I'm ne- never was all that big on the Buddy Love, um, what is that one? Uh, Nutty Professor, even though Nate Kelp gets his name from Professor Kelp. <laughs> uh anyway finding out later in life that jerry was a bit of a prick which drove his altruism kind of resonates with me uh, thinking about this the other night you know so i brett erickson keeps telling me you're a really good guy no no i'm not a really good guy i'm a prick i am a major league asshole who has a lot to make up for in life which is why i you know go on working homeless shelters and volunteering homeless shelters and uh and volunteering nursing homes and uh do the things i do uh, altruistically is to try to cleanse the bad i've done over 62 years i and i don't say that to be self-deprecating and, and, and uh, it, it's funny, but it's not, it's not my intent to try and make jokes about it. It's just, uh, Craig says some of the nicest people weren't nice ones. Uh, well, some of the unnicest people weren't nice ones too. And uh, it's, I think that <laughs> I still fall into that category. I'm trying to do some good, good for the world, but listen, there is nothing. I could be fucking mother Teresa and not make up for the fucking asshole I was for and still is part of who I am deep down. And I don't say that, you know, in hoping for people to kind of, um, I definitely don't want people to turn away from me and say, well, you're an evil bastard. I don't want nothing to do with you. I don't say it for, for those intents, but the written, it's true. It's just, uh, I, I've done some really shitty stuff in my life. Fucked over a lot of people. Uh, got a lot to make up for, and I've been working on it for a very long time. But you know, 
got to still have a long way to go. Still a long way to go. But the comparisons to Jerry being, you know, and I believe him. I, I, of course, I can't know any of that stuff to be true. Uh, nobody, I mean, you know what solidified it for me? Tom Kanopka telling the stories uh, <laughs> about Jerry. Because I've heard, I had heard him for years. And there were rumors about some of the shit he did. And then I heard Tom Kanaka talking about what a prick Jerry was uh, behind the scenes. And rough on the, even when he was trying to do, uh, trying to um, cleanse his soul with the MDA stuff. And this is later in life. And he'd been doing it for 30 years at that point. Uh, but, be, you know, using the kids with muscular dystrophy while they were on camera being Mr. Nice Guy, as soon as the cameras were off, being a prick to the kids in the wheelchairs. That stuff, uh, I that doesn't resonate with me. That, that feels dirty, feels like, wow, that's even that's even lower than I ever was at my lowest point. But And I never believed that until I heard Tom Kanopka tell the stories of it. Because he's a guy, uh, not that I know tom well but i feel like i know him and i i feel like uh he's not like tmz or entertainment tonight or some one of these program dishing that shit this is a real guy who lived there who lived it saw it witnessed it um so that that kind of solidified that for me in my mind and so um and then I saw the interviews that Jerry did very later in life where he was a, like a prick to a reporter who was just trying to get an interview with him and he was just purposely being a dick to the guy. And it felt mean. It felt like, where does that spirit come from? I can, honestly can say with all the fuck-ups I've ever done in my life, never felt that spirit of meanness. Like, I'm going to do this just to hurt somebody. Uh, I can't remember ever having that feeling. Pretty odd. Want to play something? Should I play something? Um, let me see. Maybe I can do it this way. Ooh, ooh, that's loud, isn't it? Let's see. Um, well, you can't hear it yet. I'm just adjusting volume here. Now I'm going to try and play this clip and see if that works right. Let's see. Can do it this way. Uh, share screen. This is the difference between New York pizza. I don't know if you've seen this clip. New York pizza and pizza from around the world. Here it is. Let's go. Can we see that? Let me see here. I might make sure we see. Yeah, we can see that. Have you seen this clip? This is New York pizza and why it's different than other pizza. can't wait to have Guido Gaguz on to ask him about that. Uh, 
Getting beaten to death with a ladle is not the way you want to go. I'll just put it that uh, uh, that way. Um, <laughs> so, uh, Colin and Jamie and I had talked about uh, pizza because it, I don't know if you know this, but outside of the United States, they also sell pizza. I did not know that. <laughs> Outside of New York, uh, you can't get real pizza, and that's why. Uh, because good pizza requires beating somebody to death with your ladle before you make the pizza. This is how you get good pizza. Um, <laughs> fucking crazy shit there, man. But funny to hell, as hell to watch, because <laughs> fucking guy saying, I'm still waiting for my pizza, by the way. <laughs> Watching everybody in the fucking place beat the shit out of each other. Yeah, it would be an irritating way to get beat to death by ladle uh, or by cash register, pickle jar, tip jar, any of that stuff. Uh, <laughs> the, uh, I don't know what they call the thing that you put the pizza in the oven, the, the wooden thing that <laughs> was beating the guy with, too. Just a bizarre scene. And uh, why? What could make you that fucking bizarre over a fucking pizza thing? What? You got ripped off for a couple of bucks or what? You didn't get your pizza on time? It wasn't hot enough? What the fuck could have started that fucking brawl over a pizza? Uh, made me laugh, though. Uh, <laughs> whenever I worked those dead-end type jobs, they were always too drunk or, or stoned to want to fight each other. Uh I've seen cowboys out in Oklahoma fight for less than that, though, to be honest with you, Kevin. Um, especially the frat, uh, the rodeo cowboys that came to to town to stay at the frat houses, party at the frat houses. Rodeo cowboys always looking to get in a fight after, you know, after the rodeo's over and they come to, and they're in town and they'll find a place to party and never, ever, in West Texas or New Mexico or Oklahoma, never ever once did I see uh, guys from a rodeo show up for, at a party and not end up just like those pizza dudes. <laughs> Speaking of, uh, and I want to talk to Erickson about this when I when I talk to him, and it's not gonna I'm not gonna be a confrontational thing, <laughs> but uh, on a couple of issues with Andy ago, uh, issues with Andy ago. Andy's ago. <laughs> Plural issue with Andy's. Um, Erickson was talking about Yellowstone and how absurd it was that and I haven't seen Yellowstone or, you know, and I'm not going to say it's a good show or a bad show. I have friends who, and I am friends with the executive producer of the program now, uh, but, and he will be back on, on Mind Dog TV podcast soon. Uh, but I'm not a fan of the show. I haven't seen the show. Don't know that. But the idea that Brett put forth was that it's ridiculous. You can't just be dumping people on, off a mountain, dead bodies or something, and the FBI not coming to investigate it and all that stuff. Well, I can tell you from my experience, cowboys, ranch hand cowboys, people who, who work that life, they're treated pretty much like prostitutes. In other words, they're, they're non-people. Nobody knows they're there. Nobody, nobody's going to miss them. And yes, you can dump the dead body over a side of a mountain 
and it won't be discovered for years and years. Nobody will report them missing. And so, and not in great numbers, sure you can. You can, believe me, I know from personal experience, and this is my personal experience, uh, not with cowboys being dumped over the edge, just the equivalent of from cowboys to prostitutes. And they are like non-people. But I played a beach concert venue. <clears throat> Excuse me, a little uh, allergy time again. Uh, beach uh, concert venue for 15 years. I played there probably three gigs a week. Like we play uh, Friday or Sunday and then one night during the week at this beach place. And the place was always packed. Thousands of people going to this venue consistently every week from uh, May to late September. Constantly, the place was filled. A thousand feet away, a body was discovered after 15 years that had been there for almost a whole 15 years. Body of a prostitute. And that body of that one prostitute led to finding more than a dozen. I think the last count was over 20 uh, prostitutes who were just dumped there, not a thousand feet away from where thousands of people were partying. And the FBI never investigated any of that. They never looked for any of those people. They were non-people. Nobody reported them missing. So that idea that, you know, it's absurd that you could just kill people and dump them off the side of a mountain, the FBI won't be all over that nonsense it happens all the time we have more serial killers dumping bodies all over the united states uh than you can imagine at any moment there are serial killers dumping there's probably a somebody dumping a body somewhere right now and it's not his first body (laughs) i laugh because it's so fucking sick but at some point thinking about this the other night at some point there's going to be a satellite with enough sensory uh power to detect you point us from from up above from space and point it at the united states and find all the dead bodies that are sprinkled all over america uh we are like um i don't know the uh, even the way to, to describe it but how many fucking dead people are out in a wooded area somewhere or off the side of a mountain somewhere. It's just, it's, it's, it boggles your mind that when Brian Landry, if you remember that case from several months ago, a couple months ago, whatever it was, when he went missing, they found him in two weeks, but he was reported missing. That's the difference. But, um, and they didn't really find him. They found bones that they identified as him. Looked like he might've been eaten by an alligator or whatever. (laughs) Carl saying he got hungry again. What talk, all this talk of dead bodies makes you hungry, doesn't Carl? Uh, similar to weed workers in Cali, really? Yeah, yeah. No, migrants definitely uh, are are treated the same way. And there was that case I highlighted a couple of weeks ago, where uh, um, bah, 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 the there was a slave camp, slave labor camp in sa- southern Georgia. And all immigrants, you know, migrant workers, kept in a compound barbed wire. And if they tried to escape, they were shot and killed. And nobody ever reported them missing because they weren't, you know, their their family is in another country. Nobody's going to report them missing. Uh, 
And even if they did, who do they call? The local sheriff? Then the local sheriff was in on it? I don't know. Why did I get started on that? Because of uh, Brett's comment that how absurd yellow, the, the premise of Yellowstone is. Now, I, I have to say, uh, again, I have never seen Yellowstone. I don't have television. I don't watch that stuff. Um, but the fact that it's probably more like a soap opera, I would say uh, probably true. Probably true. They were the guys on issues with Andy were comparing it to Falcon Crest. Now, again, never saw Falcon Crest. I have an idea of when Falcon Crest was uh, popular, and at the same time, uh, like shows like Dynasty in Dallas and all that kind of stuff. Uh, I had no idea why people ever were attracted to those kind of that kind of programming. But my friends who have watched Yellowstone, who are fans of it, compare it more to Sopranos and call, uh, compare. Uh, Kevin Costner's role to James Gandolfini's. Um, again, haven't seen it, so I can't really, you know, make any really qualified comment on that. I don't, I don't know what I'm talking about there. I need to see it, but um, I don't know. Anyway, I can't wait to have Bob back on to talk about some of that stuff and bring us to criticisms. Bob will be back with me couple of months, I think, or maybe a month. Uh, Craig is saying the Air Force used such tech to assist with uncovering bodies. Uh, what, uh, satellite imagery to, to, to find? Uh, the, and, and he also says the, the forests of Humboldt are green for a reason why. Uh, <laughs> um, I'm not sure. Are, are you saying that the bodies are fertile? What are you What are you saying there, Craig? The bodies are fertilizing uh, the forest. I don't. I don't get it. I'm uh, going back to Kevin's comment here. We spent just taking turns to sneak a token to bathroom company uh, lessons filled since draft beer. What? I'm missing something. We had delivery drivers taking up collection and bring a pony keg back and putting. I definitely miss. Oh. Yeah, I definitely. Wow, I missed a lot here. Worked in a pizza joint in college in town. Ah, most fun you ever had. I guess I need to backtrack. And see, this just points out the stuff about, highlights the stuff I was talking about earlier about this uh, person who just felt like I I missed his comment and therefore fuck him and fuck his whole whatever he's doing. Um, Man. It's very easy to miss one of your comments in here, especially when I'm talking and listening to myself and then not paying attention. And all of a sudden, there's several comments that I missed. Uh, I'm under, under, trying to figure out what, what made Carl hungry. You know what? I know what makes Carl awake. And it's probably something like Koa Coffee, who was sponsoring this uh, rambling, incoherent bald man talking about Hope Hicks, P-Tapes, Yellowstone, and other stuff. We are sponsored by the fabulous Coa Coffee, best coffee in America, according to Forbes, who did a study of the test be- 10 best coffees in the world, Coa Coffee, and it's right here, premium, Coa Coor- Premium Reserve Whole Bean, Awesome coffee. I'm not. I don't kid you when I say it's awesome coffee. I hope they send me some more before it runs out because the it, it's look, the bag's looking a little shallow. I gotta say, Koa, if you're listening, 
more coffee, please, before this one runs out, or uh, I'm going to have to start running the true fire spots again. <laughs> Not that I won't, I have a problem running the true fire spots. I need to run the true fire spots. But for now, I'm going to run a Koa spot. Koa. This episode is brought to you by Koa Coffee. If you are a coffee connoisseur and want to experience the best coffee Hawaii has to offer, no blends, no compromise, try the true taste of aloha. Koa Coffee produces premium Hawaiian coffee, hand-picked, expertly roasted, and delivered from Hawaii to your door with aloha. From award-winning 100% Kona coffee grown on the slopes of the Mauna Loa volcano to the unique mocha beans of Maui, they strive to provide their loyal customers with the best quality and freshness. Since 1997, Koa Coffee has been known far and wide as a product of utmost quality, and their awards prove it. Koa Coffee was featured in Forbes' Top 10 Coffees of the World. This is the coffee Forbes called the best coffee in America. Find out what it's all about. Go to minddogtv.com slash coffee. Koa Coffee, folks. Koa Coffee. Get it, drink it, drink it, more of it. Keep drinking it. Clean your colon out with it. And do whatever you need to do, but it's damn good coffee, I got to tell you. Uh, Craig saying uh, about the uh, Air Force finding where the Earth was disturbed to uh, in the uh, Mesa murders. What was uh, what were they calling it on Wikipedia? Bone collector or something? Murders? Uh, Mesa killers? West Mesa killers? Um, Kevin saying, if you're into serial killer stories, I would, and there were there was a time back when I was a mastering engineer. That's all I would read was serial serial killer books. You know, I remember books? People used to read them. They were like these things with paper inside <laughs> with words written on them. Uh, went through a period of, uh, hey, good morning, uh, good afternoon, Jamie Dykes. If you haven't heard yet, Jamie, I don't think you were part of it, uh, the program earlier today, and I'm not sure if I communicated this to you directly uh, when we spoke earlier in the day. Guinness Book of World Records. Uh, who actually have a office in Wales? Nice to know. Um, said the price is not five thousand dollars. No, no, no. They say no, no, no. Nay, nay, nay. Not five thousand dollars. Let's. Uh, how does twenty thousand dollars sound to you? To which I say, I need Jamie Dykes to say, "Suck my dick, you fucker." Um. I would appreciate if you could go over to the Guinness uh, office in Cardiff, Wales, if you would, and find, um, oh, no, she's located, uh, Michelle Santucci, she's located in North America. But you could just go into the general office there, the Guinness uh, Book World Re uh, Record office in, in Cardiff, Wales, if you don't mind, and just, just walk in the door and say, suck my dick, motherfucker. $20,000 is what they're asking. And I tried to explain to them it's for a charitable cause. We're not using it to promote the business. Certainly not using it for that. Uh, oh, oh, that's nice. Well, oh, nice. Wait, I'm trying to get caught up here, here now. 
I hate when I have to get caught up with stuff. Jamie and Carl leaving me messages that I should have uh, read earlier in the day. Uh, oh, no. <laughs> yeah, about that guy. That guy that I told you about earlier. Demanding. Again, not even on the open mic level of comedy. Sure, call in. Andrea, we'd love to hear from you. I uh, would have to kind of hold on, open my. Give me a second, though. I got. I wasn't even prepared for a phone calls, but sure, we'd love to hear from you. Let me see. Uh, loop back, loop back, loop back, loop back. Oh, I gotta go. I should have been ready for this, um, and I will be ready during the partathon. But I wasn't prepared to, because I'm not wired up anymore. We are. We are beyond wire. Loop back. Where the fuck are you, Loop back? Mm-mm-mm. Uh, you know what? It's probably... Yeah, I can't believe I did this to myself. Loopy back. Oh, I know. I can just go loop back. Loop back, loop back, loop back. There it is. Okay. Yes, I am ready for phone calls if you want to call in. It's 631 496 6464. Joe Rogue, no. No, thank you, Joe Rogue. <laughs> yeah, sure. Call in 641. Uh, let me put the number on the screen here. Uh, ba -ba 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 -ba. There it is. It's 631-496-6464. How do I sound? Do I sound echoey? I, I feel like I sound a little echoey. I'm not sure. Yeah. Good morning. You're on the air with the dog. Who am I talking to? Hello. I can hear you. You, so you sound okay. Wait, yeah. How are you? You, you? They're probably going to drug you up tonight, aren't they? They're going to give you a little something to help you sleep, take the edge off? Yeah. Yeah. Hey. Could it be? Oh. Yeah, you don't want to. You don't want to shortchange you. You want to make sure. Yeah, just because I got marijuana in my system doesn't mean take it easy on me. It means go harder. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's. So it, was, it kind of reminds me of the guy. Do you know about uh, uh, David uh, Lee Roth when he was a, a volunteer paramedic in New York City? Guy had a heart attack and woke up in an ambulance. He was he almost 
pronounced dead, but then woke up in the uh, ambulance with David Lee Roth above him saying, hey, hey, hey. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah, no. Really, really is, man. You impressed the hell out of me. Um, in some conversations I've seen him in, but yeah, he just seemed like a. <laughs> right, he seemed like a Jeff Spicoli. <laughs> so, yeah. Let, um, let me practice for you. Apio. Apio? Apio. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, well, the outpouring of love for you, my friend, is, is really uh, inspiring to see. It really is. Um, so... It... <laughs> I think that's what's so lovable about you. <laughs> that's what people love most about you. Oh, they're, they're telling me the sound was off because I forgot to hit this button. Ah, I'm a dick. Okay. They can hear you right now. They can hear you right now. Oh, really? So we had like, you had a couple minutes of dead time there? Well, they were hearing me and not you. (laughs) Oh, that's funny. It's like uh, you get your podcasting equipment for Christmas and you're just down there. You're not talking to anyone down there, are you? No, I'm just talking to myself. I had to set this up for Provenza because he's the only one who can't use StreamYard. Out of everybody who's going to be on the show, Provenza is like the one guy who can't hook up using stream notes so yeah. I have to get this special equipment to get him and in. then he fucked so Provenza fucked that up that segment <laughs> up and then uh should I put a list of grievances together <laughs> yeah. yeah he uh he won't let this project uh, go about the uh my molestation project after 10 years yeah He's plugging away on it well, and, and yeah, and like, come on, Paul, I will help any, I'll volunteer, I'll be your slave, I'll do slave labor to help you get this thing done, whatever it takes. Well, the thing about it now, though, is I think about it is like, this is the ultimate, I did all that for revenge, and the ultimate revenge is to have it just sitting on a shelf while he's still alive, you know, like he's never going to, you know, it may never come out, right. but he'll always think it's going to come out. Oh yeah, and I think it will come out, and that, and then he may be like forgetting about it, and uh, and then all of a sudden he'll be like back in the news. Yeah, yeah, that is definitely the constant fear of having to look over your shoulder, uh-huh. wondering when. Yeah, it- sort of. <laughs> it sort of worked organically worked itself out as the perfect revenge. Yeah, because I didn't plan any of that. Like you know, I'm gonna uh, slow burn this guy over to, uh, at least one decade, pushing two decades, and let him worry about what people think about him, and you know. It's like uh, what he did to me times, uh, well, about not. I'd say it's about even Steven. Yeah. 
Well, I don't know if it was That's you or funny. Paul who mean... told me that uh, about his wife. So I'm thinking, I'm thinking his wife had to have left him, right? Because he left her there. Crying. I don't know. She was, she was, uh, you know, she was Filipino, and uh, I don't like she was a work like in a nursing scrubs and stuff. So I, I kind of figure uh, he he brought her over in the capacity that she's in. So she. You know, I, I hope she could. Uh, I hope that she figures out a way to use any of that as a leverage to divorce him, or maybe already has. But I, I doubt it. Yeah, it seems like that. You know, he's gonna. He's he's a liar. You take my green card. <laughs> he he take my green card. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I, I remember uh, one of the last. I, I I was following her on Facebook for a minute or whatever. It, I think it was Facebook, and she had posted. She was on some trip to some European country and, and, uh, and then posted about her Versace purse got rained on something like that. And it was wow. a, a picture of this purse. And then in behind it was like a cathedral. And, and she was, that was her complaint was about the rain spots on her purse. And I was reading that thinking, Oh man, it's going to get way fucking worse. Wow. That's a, a let them eat cake moment if I ever heard of it, like, you know. Right. And then that was, you know, and then she got, you know, they, they realized they were exposed that way. And they, that was probably the last of that entity of her Facebook. Yeah. Uh, so uh, with, with your recovery now, have did they give you like plans on a regiment and stuff that you're going to have to do? Or, or Yeah, it's like all this shit, though. I don't read in directions. Uh, there's a whole book. I'm hoping my kid will take an interest in it. Yeah, I've already did the, the, they gave me the, all these drinks I did out of sequence. Uh, I'm not supposed to, you know, I'm supposed to quit smoking weed and uh, laid off the sleeping pills, which I just do a, a small dose of that. But uh, I've done, I've done none of those things that are on the, you know. I think it's you like if you're a football the, team in the first five plays or or choreograph or a preset, and then you get your fucking you know face smashed in on the first three and fumble. Yeah, that's what I'm doing. Uh, but it's about. <laughs> I did see that there's six days in the hospital, so they kind of give you a breakdown of you know what happens in those days. Wow. Pretty common sense shit, you know, little you, moving around after a day. I had a, a bass player who had a tumor removed from his brain, and he was back home and on Facebook the next day. Yeah, I doubt I'll get on Facebook that quick. <laughs> I know, but, but the fact that he was back home the next day was shocking. I mean, they operated on his brain. Uh, yeah. Not not to minimize your thing, but the brain. Well, that actually puts it into perspective. <laughs> yeah. Somebody with a, having something removed from their brain, you're free to go. Uh, yeah, they were cutting this guy's innards up. He can't leave for six days. And and I know they don't want you in the hospital. I mean, they want they want somebody in the hospital, but once you're in there, they want you to check out so somebody else can come in. I think. Yeah, they the bed is a, it's all about you know bedtime and all that stuff. So they definitely yeah. And the insurance got, company doesn't want to pay for you to be there. That's and I don't want to be there any more than they want me there. But it's like I got six days on my uh, six days written up, and it's I, I can't. I mean, I'm I'm trying not to even think about it, but I'm going to be in a lot of fucking pain for. Once I go to sleep at the hospital, I'm going to wake up to a reality that involves a level of pain that I've probably never dealt with. But so that's uh, I'm just trying to be a bright lining here. Maybe they're going to give you like some morphine or something really. Strong. Oh yeah, that's what I'm hoping. I want to. Uh, I don't. Well, you don't want to come out as a, a dope fiend, but I would was thinking about putting a, a 
getting a Sharpie and putting on a t-shirt. Like I'm, my pain level is 10. Yeah. Well, so I, can just I, read it, it. I read in Sam Talent's book that you're going in a dope fiend. <laughs> that what uh, I know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I Sam, got a little, I got some cat uh, drama over here today. I opened the door this morning to let one of my cats in and then a mystery cat comes zooming in and he's got three bells on. So I can't really fucking, you know, what are you going to do? Sounds like a three good old cat. He's obviously royalty. Yeah, but so it sounds like a good omen. He's like he's like a, I don't know. It's like one of those stupid shows that my wife used to watch years ago with the with the magical cat bringing uh, the newspaper. So <laughs> tomorrow's news. He's got the thing around his neck that looks like a pill container. I should probably check and see if there's any uh, morphine in there. <laughs> maybe maybe he's the <laughs> anesthesi delivering for the anesthesiologist. <laughs> Uh, uh, well, I hope you get a decent night's sleep tonight and can, um, yeah, are you getting up in early, early to go tomorrow morning? Or are you oh going yeah. To yeah. Like my, I, I'll be in their hands at five 30 in the morning. I, I, you know, so I'll be going in and then, you know, uh, I'm not sure when they'll do the slice and dice, but that'll probably be, you know, about eight, nine o'clock tomorrow morning. And who's taking you? Delaney? Delaney's taking you? Yeah. She's going to take me. Wow, she's uh, a trooper, and uh, she's also got the right mix of I. You know, I wouldn't want to be around somebody who is completely always sympathetic. Like yeah. she sent me a thing going, you know, said, "Hey, you might want to not smoke weed because I just smoked weed." And I don't. She didn't see it, but then I said, "Oh, okay," you know, and acted like no big deal. And then she sent me an email about it, but like a you know an email saying that you know just to fess up to the anesthesiologist that I am smoking weed. So not she didn't call me a liar. She just uh, knew I was lying, and then sent me something <laughs> to nice. tell me to not lie to the anesthesiologist. You know, yeah. you're lying to me, but don't lie to the anesthesiologist. Is it so is it my, the smoke or is it because will edibles work? Are you allowed to have? Edibles? I think all of it. You know, THC, and then you see, you know, it's like my drug level is higher. So when they go to put me under with anesthesia, anesthesia, it's like I'm a hardcore already. So I might bounce out of it or something. I think that's the reasoning. Like I said, I don't read directions. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> and it sometimes backfires. Yeah. When, uh, yeah, I get it. Uh, but when you, know, you when you're you know you're you're three days late on starting these drinks, and, uh, and then it specifically tells you how to, and I skip over that, and then I drank them like you know I drank all of them in three days when I was supposed to drink a half of one for seven days. So you know. <laughs> It'll get adjusted. Yeah. Well, I'm... oh, I meant to tell you this is uh, uh, Altman was one of the first comics I ever saw. I didn't see him live, but just became aware of stand up comedy by he was the, like the first guy. He was on Letterman doing his big pants guy, knee high. <laughs> and uh, he's still doing high. that shit. He, uh, I know. He did it the other day for me. I had him on FaceTime and he was doing that stuff. I'll knock you in the next week. (laughs) Now he's grandpa. He should be like a Disney grandpa doing that character now. Yes. Oh well, my favorite bit with him was in Easy Money with with Rodney. He was playing the drug dealer next door to Rodney Dangerfield. Oh, he was. I gotta. Yeah, I didn't realize that. Yeah, in the, in the that film, Easy Money, yeah. And he plays it very uh, well. Like, like, Yeah, Altman was a guy they tried to they tried to throw money out a few times, right? Like, weren't they always, like, like he had variety shows and shit yeah. like that? He was on Duke to Hazard for three years. Really? Yeah. 
He played uh, no Boss Hogg's son or nephew or something. Oh yeah, shit. Yeah. No, he did a he did a lot of stuff. I just uh, maybe didn't notice. Yeah, I was that, looking for the big pants guy. <laughs> yeah, he's been all over this stuff, but I think he was on Letterman more than anybody else uh, ever. Right? Yeah, him and Dave were uh, friends. Yeah, Dave was real loyal to the people he was friends with, like J.J. Walker. He used to pay that guy's airfare to fly all around the country, um, just out of loyalty because he gave him his first writing gig. This is my inspiration. This is what I, I have to explain to Erickson because I know Erickson doesn't understand why I, I love him so much, why I'm in love with him. Uh, and it's just I bought, modeled myself after not necessarily Dave Letterman's uh, anything about him, but that part of having a, a bunch of people you can count on who really make you laugh. I don't care how big a star they are. If you're somebody yeah. who I enjoy talking to and you make me laugh, I want to have you on as much as possible. That's all I care about. Right. And, uh, yeah. And then there's, I like, I heard this about Bill Murray that he would, uh, like, you know, in a production meeting, he would, he would, uh, watch and if so, you know, like the, the most, uh, insignificant person in the room was being bullied by somebody, yeah. you know, especially like if it was like a producer or a director or something that he wouldn't, he would turn down the work because he didn't like that kind of bullshit. That's, that's what I heard. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe, I uh, like that quote that floated around that that's not Bill Murray's quote. Yeah, no, I, I, yeah, and it's just so ridiculous that people will make up a quote and attribute it to somebody they know didn't say it. Like, <laughs> the fuck? like that. It's gonna, uh-huh. like, I'm gonna change my life because Bill Murray said something politically that. Oh, yeah, we want Bill. You know, Bill Murray's a, a down, down uh, libertarian like us. I know. You know, Bill Murray is like probably one of the least political actors ever. Yeah, yeah, I get like, it. I can't remember him ever speaking on behalf of anybody. No, the only thing he ever did, and it wasn't political, it was spiritual. That whole movie he made that was, people were expecting a comedy, and it was just like him doing some oriental uh, or medicine. Oh, right, the one he got after, like, uh, Stripes, the... Uh, yeah. Razor's Edge. Razor's Edge, that wow. One? Man, good memory, Andy. You fucking impressing the hell out of me there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I remember that was like a, you know, a big, you know, deal, because he, he uh, leveraged, leveraged uh, to get to make that movie and then it was a big fucking disappointment yeah i watched it but i, I was expecting comedy the whole time and I, I found it enjoyable but i remember like wow that was weird and i didn't get many laughs there <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah i say he, he 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 probably channeled his younger brother that was in scrooged with him as uh having all the bill murray mannerisms but none of the humor yeah Hey, do you have uh, an issues with Andy in the can for for this week or, or for no? We well, actually, one's dropping today. I saw we did one. We recorded uh, Monday, uh, and then Erickson said was uh, doing quick edits and said it was a good one, and he was going to put it out early. Yeah, that's I think good. the key word is the buffuddler uh, for this episode. Right. And then you're not <laughs> going to be able to do them for. Um... No, we're we're just going to take there. And we, I think we joked that, uh, you know, everybody's going to go on vacation. Good. Uh, you know, the, the, yeah, but probably a, a couple weeks. I would definitely that first week I'll be in the hospital. So, yeah, uh, you know, everybody can just stay at home and do morphine. Yeah. And no, I, I, people don't want to, um, you know, as much as people love you, people don't, <laughs> don't want to have their an image of you being ruined by grumpy Andy pain in pain, Andy. <laughs> oh yeah. Uh huh. You know, they yeah, don't, like they the, don't want to, yeah. 
take you know the the in the middle of in the middle of getting a chuckle by the fellas i berated nurse for not getting my meds quicker <laughs> that's exactly what i was thinking <laughs> fucking cunt. Like, I've been, i rang that bell five minutes ago you fucking cunt do you know what it's like to be in pain yeah <laughs> okay well, uh, what were we talking about greg <laughs> it's it, like it's hard enough to keep Andy on track on a story anyway without having to have to yell at the nurse in the middle of the story. Yeah, people can uh, people can start withdrawing their GoFundMe pledges. <laughs> what a fucking douche! I don't, think, I don't think you can do that. I don't know. I, I, yeah, I don't no, I don't think so. I, I think uh, yeah, that <laughs> don't even bring that up. No, no. Yeah, <laughs> buyer's remorse. And I helped somebody out, and I realized he's a fucking douche. Yelled at his nurse. Yeah, well, uh, yeah. I I was uh, communicating with Christine last night, and she's going to help me get because we need some more females on this thing. This thing is almost yeah, all, yeah, yeah. <laughs> guy well, I was going to say Annie Letterman, but uh, your uh, your uh, daily Joe Rogan abuse would probably not. You know, I don't know. You know, she's I a, she's I, good friends with him. I, I worry about because uh, whether that I should have shut the fuck up about that stuff because well, I don't know. It's like it's like if nobody says, you know, it's like you got it, it. It's the kind of shit that's in the news, one, and it can't go unchecked. Number yeah. two. So I don't I mean, I don't know. about I don't know about that. Letterman would probably she's great and she's a good friend. But I don't know, if you know. If, uh, yeah, but I, I'm not, not even her. Just uh, I know um, a couple of people who I've reached out to about guest appearances who were very warm to me before I started mouthing off about Rogan. All of a sudden, uh, after I put out a couple of videos that were really, really fucking. I kind of feel like hamstrung that we can't, you know, it's like because I like I, I worked with Joe on the man show and I I could you know, bring the sarcasm and, uh, and shit with, with Joe a little bit, but I don't feel like it's probably a good area for our podcast because, you know, Erickson works or, uh, Mitchell works with him. Right. Yeah. And that's Joe's, a, Joe's a good dude as a, you know, like you go in and hang out with him and stuff. You'd think, Oh, what a fucking great guy. It's just that he, uh, he allows shit to run unchecked that that's what is the big criticism. Exactly. And I, I made a uh, comment about that. I need to back off the personal attacks on him and understand that his intentions are probably good. He, pro he probably is a good guy. You know him. I don't. But he probably is a good guy. But the problem is not really him. It's the people who... Uh, uh, right. Jim, Jim Jones yes. and him. They, they, his father, Jim Jones, to them now. He's like they even even fucking Trump's followers are doing dumber shit than Trump. You know, would yeah. say you know, yeah. like they're taking what Trump did and dumbing it down. Right. And they're like, oh, I just like him. He's real godly, or you know, but they're just so fucking far gone that Trump would be like, bullshit, I'm godly. You know, it's like, uh, like Rogan's fans take you know, things that he says and shit and run with it, whereas Rogan may not even remember having said it. You right, know? exactly. And, and I have uh, comments people, where uh, people actually said Rogan is God on my YouTube channel, uh, the comment section. Like, uh, Yeah, when I was on uh, The Man Show, I felt like, uh, you know, uh, I mean, if somebody would have said one of these guys is going to go on to uh, influence people politically and, and uh, in every way and, and would be almost like a cult leader, I would have definitely thrown in with Doug thinking this is going to be a fucking wild drug field ride yeah, yeah. all the way to the white house. And, and then, you know, Doug is so Rogan. I didn't. 
Doug is so anti-political at this point. Uh, he's, he, he was even afraid to say that Anthony, because I heard Charlie say about Ant, when you were on Anthony Cumia, and he said he's pretty right wing, and and, uh, and Doug snapped back. No, it just he's a practical and, and taking issues by him, but even afraid to shy about even coming out left wing, right wing stuff. <laughs> right. Well, it, it sort right. of feels like it's, uh, comedies, uh, like it's not working like it used to. Like, you know, clubs are doing different, clubs are closing, and and, uh, and people are getting different work, you know. But it feels like there's kind of camps or, uh, in, 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 uh, in comedy, you know. I'm just watching it from afar, but it just feels like, you know, there's the right wing, and then there's the left wing. And uh, and it used to just be none of that. It just used to be everybody was, you know, like a libertarian or whatever it would be as far as comedy. They weren't right or left. And now it feels like, you know, there's vaccine and pandemic. And now people are kind of figuring out, you know, slants that uh, in, involve that shit. Yeah. Whereas, you know, usually you just say, oh, this is hilarious. I can't wait to do this now. It's like, yeah, I got to show these fucking anti-vaxxers or vaxxers or whatever the fuck it is. Yeah, it's a two-party two system encourages that shit, though. It encourages people to be... Well, it, yeah, it's gotten so bad. And, you know, like, I mean, you know, in our lifetime, it's gone from, you know, just being kind of behind closed doors, douchebaggery to, you know, these fucking, like, MTV influencers or whatever the fuck they are that are uh, getting elected now. And it's just turned into a fucking clown show. Uh, yeah. and, and it's not even disguised anymore. Yeah. So it's like uh, nobody can vote for this. Like if there was a vote to save a fucking puppy, uh, it would come across partisan, you know, like, uh, <laughs> like, you know, a puppy. It's just a it's a little puppy. We can save it or, or we can kill it. Well, we're, you know, it'd go across party line. There would be, you know, nobody would step over the line, even though your party's anti puppy and you feel like you love puppies, you would still go. I can't do this. I got to fucking kill that puppy. The anti puppy <clears throat> party. Well, yeah, <laughs> exactly. or more of an anti-puppy movement or, you know, what the law is or whatever. It's just like, you know, it's so fucking dumb, you know? Yeah, I am uh, so pro-puppy. It's unbelievable. I, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm, pro, I'm really more pro, you know, pro-cat because they pro-cat, uh, like little cats, they just entertain you. But then, you know, like dogs, they, they require energy and then they shit in places and you're responsible for it. I, that's what I like so, about cats. Cats are definitely yeah. more uh, low maintenance as far as that goes. Uh huh. <laughs> yeah, they're like you know, like if they were people, it's like well, they take care, they clean up after themselves, and and they fucking bite the head off of a fucking rat. <laughs> they, Good well, people. I had a situation here where cats were bringing me uh, gifts of dead animals. Uh, <laughs> and I'm not uh -huh. sure how they got them. I got birds in the house. And I'm like, where are you getting birds in the house? These cats don't even get, go outside. Bringing me little baby dead birds. and uh, really. Yeah, <laughs> it's, uh, some of them are so proud that they uh, murdered something. And, uh, <laughs> you know, that's another thing that makes them cool. Oh, man, uh -huh. I, I I had yeah. not seen any Junior Stopka until yesterday. Uh, somebody sent me some clips where he's talking about the Craigslist. You know, when you buy something from Craigslist, both sides think the other guy is a murderer. <laughs> mm -hmm. Oh, man, uh, he's really good. I didn't know how much I missed. Uh, yeah, Junior's a, and he's a, and he's a, a, a eclectic fella. Yeah. Uh, just, you know, as I, I did some road trips with Junior, and it was always, uh, you know, I always got along great with him. 
uh, like we were getting ready to get fired at a club and uh and i told junior that and he drank almost a whole bottle of jameson's uh, like okay now we are getting fired and uh and that was one of our better shows <laughs> that was the show that turned kept us from getting fired and then we got a bonus at the end of the week but it was like uh, the first nights were shaky and the guy shaky with the audience's you know comment cards yeah. So the club owner was like, I don't even know if Junior's competent. And then I told, I didn't tell Junior any of this, but he could tell something was wrong. And I go, hey, Junior, just so you know, we're probably going to get fired tonight. Maybe I phrased it wrong. And so, and then he drank that whole bottle. I was thinking, well, okay, now, you know, it's now it's cemented. And uh, yeah, like I said, it was uh, one of the better shows of the week. Maybe I phrased it wrong. That's funny. But I, I'm just uh, glad I found him. But late to the party, obviously. I, you know, I I had searched for him on YouTube, too, and couldn't find anything. Kevin, I think, uh, sent me some clips yesterday. And I really, really appreciate it. Yeah, he it. had a uh, – I don't know how deep his run was, but I think Norm MacDonald uh, wanted to keep him and, and Roseanne wanted to dump him or something like that on the, uh, on the um, last comic standing. Oh, he was I on can't that. I quite remember, but it was, it, it, you know, I can't remember, but I know he got eliminated, and I think Norm McDonald was uh, fighting for him or something like that. You know, I love Norm, huge fan of his, but uh, the one clip I've seen of that, he was a, he was kind of a dick. Uh, yeah, was, he was. Well, he's probably sitting there with a with cancer. No, yeah, yeah, but he was, yeah. That, you know what? <laughs> You're right because what he was doing, the guy he was being a dick to was a Christian, a guy who was making fun of Christianity, and he didn't like that. You mm-hmm. know, he, uh, Roseanne said that was really brave or whatever she go her comments were. Norm was like anti. I don't think you're very funny. I don't like that that kind of humor. And I was like, well, wow. What's yeah, that? I don't know. I mean, you know, knowing that he had cancer and was in, you know, getting. You know, whatever his run was, and it, you know, there's definitely highs and lows going through that shit. So, you know, yeah, uh, it, it could it could have been that he, you know, was you know keeping he, it to himself and just fucking lashing out because, uh, yeah, and, he hated, I, and uh, you know, when, I when know. he knew uh, towards the end, he knew he was kind of uh, losing the battle. He probably wants it. Uh, he wants it to be true. Yeah. <laughs> Anybody shooting a hole in that is bad news for him personally. I get it. I, I don't, I don't uh, want to start a conspiracy here, but uh, uh, I got cancer. I was in uh, chapter one of Sam talent's book um, and I got cancer <laughs> and, and Norm McDonald has died of cancer and he's uh, one of the, you know, big pivot points in the book. So uh, I haven't checked on any other people that he mentioned in the book, but yeah. uh it could be like a fucking just a you know everybody's dropping that he mentions. Oh, I didn't even. He know. gets bigger, yeah. and the souls he, you know, it's like the Indians used to believe. You take a picture, you steal the soul. You put me in the chat, uh, first book chapter of your book, and I get cancer. I don't, I don't, I don't know if I should, you know, complain or thank him. Well, thank you for giving me some shit to bring up to Sam when he's on tomorrow. <laughs> oh, he's he's he, he's emerged, huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's gonna be on tomorrow yeah. afternoon. That so I yeah, would definitely him, uh, throw ask, that at him. Ask, <laughs> ask him if he uh, feels good about uh, giving people cancer with his pen. I got to look up the other names and warn the people uh, who who is mentioned. Right? <laughs> yeah, warn Wendy that runs uh, laughs in. Uh, <laughs> Fucking Sam! You put a jinx on everybody. Oh yeah. Like yeah. a murderer. Uh, well, slow murderer. 
Yeah, and, and you know, um, and but that was the only only time I ever felt bad about Norm. Anything I've ever seen was that one uh, episode where he was just being mean to a guy on Last Comic Standing, whatever the hell. That yeah, was. I I don't know. Norm had a, a some edges that I didn't. I know if you want, you know, if you're to believe some of the Me Too accusations that swirled around after he died, and and you know, it's just kind of it was disappointing. Yeah. Uh, what was most disappointing to me about it was he was sober. I was like, if you do something that's a little creepy and you're drunk, you might not even remember it and it might be an unchecked pattern. But if you do something creepy when you're completely sober, you stare at the results of it. You stare at the awkwardness of it and all that shit. And it doesn't have anywhere to go because you're completely sober. So you have to process it, you know, it's not like when, you know, so that was a bummer. I don't, I mean, you know, I'm not even going to, say what the they were or whatever but uh, you know like I, I i thought about it in in like regards to like say sean rouse now he would bite people uh he would get a little excited a little yacked up and he would uh, bite people and i and i had him try to bite me so it wasn't like he'd just bite women or men or you know he he didn't have a type he it's like a it's like a more of a werewolf response when the full moon come out pretty weird that's what sean rouse would get bitey <laughs> and you know and but then uh like if sean rouse was a sober guy and did that would that be okay and i don't i think people would be like that's pretty fucked up dude oh, you know yeah, and sean totally. would be sober going well man hey man i'm just trying to you know it's just having corn and then i saw your arm no yeah took a chunk it, out of that if you, you know? did it sober they'd want to put you in a mental institution that's like right a- and that's what <laughs> yeah that's that's the thing i don't fall i well I fault Norm's actions because he was sober. <laughs> if those were true and you were sober, shame on you. If you were drunk, then somebody should tell you that that was fucked up and you shouldn't have done that. Yeah. But uh, it's funny fucking guy. I dug, I dug his, uh, his, you know, his thing. And I, I, you know, that would be something I'd be curious if he was alive and I was friends with him to talk about, you know, yeah. like, how do you feel about doing that shit? You know, yeah, does it not- make you want to drink or is it a, I don't want to be a Dalai Lama type of guy, but every people are complicated, and I've learned that about people. So when oh, you, yeah. when, when you hear people, faults, man, if I show, showed all my faults the way you, uh, you kind of just like lay your fucking soul bare to the whole world, if I did that, people would fucking say, "Man, you are the devil." <laughs> Why do I even fucking yeah talk? <laughs> give you the time of day? <laughs> well, if uh, you know, like if somebody wanted to do a deep dive. <laughs> which they did. I, I think I saw somebody do this. It was like a on Bert Kreischer, like a deep dive on Bert, and it was called Too Hard, is what it, I think, like, you know, like trying too hard or whatever. But it was like just, all, you know, all these hours and hours of different podcasts I've been on, and, you know, especially like a guy like Kreischer. And then if you, you know, like do the deep dive on it, you can put together a, a fucking uh, a puzzle that makes everybody look bad. Yeah. You know? offhand remarks and uh whatever and you know like if you take 900 hours or 600 hours and then you you just you know take it down to like 60 minutes or whatever yeah you know it's the same like they do on reality shows they turn you into a character and then they edit edit to make you that character yeah yeah but yeah no i've done some fucked up shit that would uh, come off of a highlight reel like making me look callous (laughs) so uh, 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 on that note, do you think uh, I should even bring up the, uh, the the tape that you shared on Twitter with Inman tomorrow? 
Oh yeah, yeah. Inman likes it. To, you know, he he justifies the drinking of the urine <laughs> as some sort of a thing. And like we were bullying him, and so that was his. You know, standing up to the bully. Uh, you know, he has his own theory. I just pee. What happened was I just needed to pee, and I I had a empty pint glass, and I filled it with urine. And then things just went from there. I didn't, you know, <laughs> I didn't plan it out. Like I'm going to bait this guy. We've been bullying him and I'm going to give him a chance to stand up to the crowd. Yeah. by guzzling warm urine in the desert morning. Watching your reaction. It probably it was like, like a, you wanted that to happen. Absolutely. Cause you looking like it was fucking going to make you hurl. <laughs> and then, yeah, like he, he, he rushed into it without it, you know, like, well, I would normally drink urine, but this guy's been on drugs. He's probably not hydrated. You know, this isn't going to be an ideal pour. Would have been the proper way to go about that. Put some ice in it. Or something. Yeah, Inman guzzled it like it was, a, you know, like it was a fucking champagne after uh, winning the championship. <laughs> and I am the king of the, that makes me the king of the party, I think it was yelling out or something like that. Right, and then, yeah, so, yeah, ask him how, how it was to be king of the party and how long that lasted. Right. The king is generally uh, not the guy drinking the piss, it's the guy pissing, generally. <laughs> yeah, well, it was a whole, it was a whole political move. Inman did that, drank the piss to try to claim, he was like Trump, you know, like, I won the presidency. He's like, the big lie, you know, he's king of the party. And, uh, and he was, you know, that's not nobody. Uh, I was the first king of the party, and I didn't know there was an award. And this is several years later, where Inman's actively campaigning to be uh, the king of the party, and then he drank the urine and claimed he was king, and uh, and then it didn't settle well with the rest of the party, and uh, eventually there was an overthrow, and uh, Doug's dog was I Ichabod was king of the party. And uh, that was a that was a real, you know, like Inman was king of the party for like three to four hours after drinking the urine. He went to sleep and then woke up to a coup. Wow. Yeah. Wow. He's definitely a strange character. And speaking of politics, and I don't want to get back on the politics thing, but just about him. He is the most uh, hard to figure. He calls himself a liberal, but he's all over the fucking map with conspiracy yeah, Well, he also calls himself a Buddhist, you know, <laughs> like Inman on, maybe Inman on a good a day that I don't, you know, like, uh, like see him that he could go in there and, and people at the Buddhist church would be maybe okay with it. But the Inman I know walking into a Buddhist church, you know, they'd be uh, unsettled. I yeah. don't know, uh, you know, I know if you can have a schism in a Buddhist church, but yeah. Inman would be a schism. <laughs> A uh, spiritual dude on that note, but I, you know, I know a lot of people call themselves Buddhist, and uh, I don't think any of them will go to ch any church or anything like that. They just kind of uh, get this yeah. whole idea of we're all connected and that kind. In, of stuff. Inman's a Buddhist, like like he he's like a a Buddhist, like Rogan's fan. You know, he's like misinformed yeah. uh, about what the Buddhism. <laughs> Buddhism is, and he runs, you know, runs amok with the fucking misinformation on Buddhism. Yeah. That, but, but that's probably not true because Inman, Inman will tell you he reads a lot. He does read a lot. I know that. But yeah. He reads a lot of conspiracy websites, like deep into it. Like, and I don't think. Yeah, and I would like conspiracy. to sort out. Now, when you say you're reading, James, is it YouTube clips? Yeah. Uh, you know, he always he's like, "Did you read?" And then he'll always uh, say he read the the Tibetan Book of the Dead. 
like that's always like your sec the last most recent book you've read you know <laughs> so i question it i i don't know that he he you know find out what is what's what he's just currently reading that might be that might get him because he'll he'll cite a bunch of books like like you know like a college student do you know anything about nietzsche <laughs> uh, a little my my roommate in college was whole, always into that Nietzsche stuff, and it kind of uh, I he, he I would siphon his knowledge into songs and stuff. He'd come back and give me Nietzsche philosophy, and I would kind of write. Yeah, it. Inman would do that, and I would go, Inman, Inman, are you taught you, You're saying it wrong. It's Ray Nitschke, and he was a pretty good <laughs> football player, not a philosopher. <laughs> it's like fuck that, you know, <laughs> Nitschke. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if Ray Nitschke had a lot of quotes, but uh, that's who I would quote back at him. You know, like when it comes to third down. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Uh, I rush strong on third. Yeah. So uh, you you want you want to make a a little sound clip or not uh, for for? Pizza? Oh yeah, I could. Uh, Go ahead. Are you recording? Yeah. <laughs> uh, what? What, what what kind of sound clip? Just uh, about the people uh, who are oh, yeah, pouring love yeah, out well, for you tomorrow. I mean, yeah, I, I, you know, like I didn't expect any of this, you know, like, I mean, I ex expected cancer. I've expected cancer forever, but uh, that, that people would care and uh, would pitch in uh, at a time like, you know, it's just, it's, it's overwhelming. I haven't really been able to, you know, to think about it much because I've focused on this other aspect of it but when i do sit and think about it it's just like you know i feel you know i guess the word would be blessed yeah. <clears throat> without using blessed is there a, a, a more atheist way to say blessed uh but yeah. uh that's what i feel and uh you know and i'm on the other side of it i'm gonna just be like you know it's gonna help push me through this uh you know this fucking uphill of agony that i got coming up and uh yeah so I, uh, I'm just kind of sitting back quietly, uh, <clears throat> crying in my soup over all the good goodwill towards towards me and uh, my family here. Perfect, perfect. And uh, you don't have to. Be and a I'm a big pants guy. <laughs> <laughs> you don't have to be a theist to feel blessed. I think a, a word like gratitude or just you know feeling like right. you know, people care about you is a, a very gr uh, gratiating feeling. And uh, I'm. Uh, I'm looking forward with great positivity to you healing and getting back to uh, making the whole world laugh. And, and we're, yeah, we're it was kind of like what, you know, like at the beginning of this, Erickson was like, you know, well, we'll just take it one step at a time. And at that time, I thought, OK, well, it'll be this and it'll be a slight inconvenience. And it's like run all the way into the tunnel on expectations and what it is. And I got friends and all the support from people that, are, you know, in some cases I don't even know. And uh, so it's uh, now, yeah, people it's, from uh, the entertainment you know. industry who just know of you, don't know you, have signed on to right, this thing. Right, right. <laughs> Stuart yeah. from from not necessarily the news. Remember that show uh, on uh -huh. HBO? He he signed on yeah. to this because he heard about it. And, and yeah, wants, so wants I mean, I, think, I mean, that's the thing too with the comedy world. It's like if you know, it's like you don't have to know somebody to to you know feel a kinship to the story. You know, yeah. We're all, we're all, we all have the same health insurance, uh, uh, you know, from our company, which is none. Right. And, uh, you know, for probably you got to buy the private and usually most comics don't make enough to, to do that shit. So yeah. it's like a pitch in to help them and pitch in to bury them. Right. 
uh, well, uh, we are getting ready to, to say goodbye. But before, yeah, uh, before we do that, and I don't want to impose if it's impossible, and we I don't want to be a burden on your daughter in any way. But if it's possible, when you get out of surgery and she gets the news that you're doing okay, and of course not right away, but if there's any way she can get in touch with us uh, and at whether through this number and just text me, he's out of surgery and doing fine. I think that would make people feel really right. Okay. If, uh, if that's, if, if she's, well, we'll get it through Erickson one way or the other. If cool. Delaney will be traveling that day. So it may, may be that it'll be funneled through Erickson, but Delaney has Erickson's number and all. So, and Erickson has yeah, my number. So that's, that's fine. Yeah. Cool. So yeah. 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 Well, it's uh, I, I get choked up if I start thinking about don't the, get choked, uh, you know, all of it. But uh, uh, yeah, you know, like I said, I mean, people have uh, really uh, just kind of <clears throat> made this thing so much uh, easier than it could. If you're gonna start getting <clears throat> choked up, just picture Chad Shank bent over naked. Okay. Yeah, well, I don't get emotions flowing. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking more Shaley because he's a ripe little butterball. <laughs> and I think we've seen him naked, right? Or uh, it looks yeah. like he's naked doing that butter, uh, whatever it is. Yeah. Well, I just, yeah, I think when I think of Shaley, I think of that cannonball, yeah, uh, naked cannonball. cannonball right? uh, yeah. Shaley challenge. So, well, all right, sir. Well, appreciate it. Have a uh, get some lozenges. Yeah. Because yeah. you'll need them. I know. I'm going to be drinking lots of water. <laughs> And uh, uh-huh. and then needing to put my brain back together for a couple of days, but I'm looking for. And then if you you have a chance with, I, I was, I was going to tell you this in, uh, privately, and uh, if you get a chance to overlap comedians, that'll fill time up like nobody's business. Yeah, no, I'm definitely going to do that. That's the plan. I mean, I, I'm not planning on this being a tight knit thing. People are going to come in and yeah, say, yeah. "Oh, look, Christine's here. Let's bring her in and get her in the conversation." And Kind of right because all those i think almost all of them know each other so yeah. and uh is Hen- henry phillips on there yes yeah oh, i love henry he's yeah. a me too i love great. him and hopefully he's gonna do uh do a couple of songs live uh yeah Kermit's i hope do when that. i uh i hope when i wake up from surgery there'll be somebody like the highway man to not really help me at all <laughs> <laughs> I'm the highway man. I help people. People call me the highway man because I help people. Like, what the fuck does that mean? <laughs> I don't yeah, even know. What like, that not means. hooking up the trailer for the old people. Yeah, yeah those are fun. great. I'm gonna, I'm gonna uh, do a deep dive on Henry Phillips on my iPad while in, in recovery. Yeah, do that. Oh, uh, and I didn't get a chance to do this, but I was gonna call up Henry and do this and say, hey man, I, 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 you know, I'm doing this surgery and I've been encouraged to call people up that I fucked over and apologize. And then just leave that hang in there. Because I haven't done that to Henry, but I think he would appreciate it. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'll do it for you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You can tell him that I, uh, you know, I apologize for the Tennessee family hotel situation. <laughs> okay. We won't. We'll, we'll <laughs> get know, into that once when, when, when the healing starts. We'll probably do a deep dive on finding out exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was me, 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 Doug, Henry, and, and then we, we bought some company. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, I say no more. Well, yeah, please, uh, you know, whatever, uh, just know we're all with you. We're all going through this with you. We're not going to feel the pain, the physical pain uh, afterwards, but we will, any support you need, we're all here. Well, on the, on the issues, maybe I can figure out exactly how somebody could give themselves the pain. Okay. So, like, if you punch yourself really hard right here, 
<laughs> I, I'll do that. If you want to know what it? I, yeah, I'll, I'll do that for you. Just to, to go through it with you. <laughs> Plug yourself in the balls, and then and then while you're trying to get up, then step on broken glass. <laughs> that's just one that. tenth of what I'm going through. Yeah. Well, all right, sir. I love you. Thanks for all your efforts and uh, and all this and uh, and uh, Brett Brock and Ken and and uh, really everybody that's uh, you know right. helped or thought of helping. Cause, yeah. Uh, you know, people send me that like, man, I wish I could help. Well, you know, you don't have to on on this one. I appreciate you know that you want to. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, yeah. All right, sir. Cool, I'll man. see you on the other side of this. Be well. Love you, man. Bye. Bye. Be- Andy Andrews, folks, uh, the one and only, and you know, you know, he'll be uh, going under the knife tomorrow, and we'll all be here to support him in that, and uh, that's really all that needs to be said. Thanks for uh, being with us today. I hope you enjoyed this program. I hope you uh, um, see see you tomorrow morning, and uh, stick with me for as long as possible uh, on this thing, and come in and come out, but... Uh, 46 hours is a long time. We'll be here, Carl and Jamie and myself. Uh, Christine Levine will be taking a couple of shifts and helping us out, kind of being uh, a fourth host hostess. Uh, and so looking uh, looking ready for tomorrow with excitement and uh, lots of hope and love for Andy. That's all I can say. So see you tomorrow, folks. I don't have another show today. I'm going to be uh, doing some production work, but I appreciate um appreciate you all being here uh until tomorrow uh or even tonight whatever you feel i think it's important for you to always remember to turn on your radio